Woo, that was that was good. It's a good Sunday. We're gonna we're gonna go to Isaiah sixty one. I almost said seventy one. Turn to Isaiah seventy one. First one that finds it gets a million dollars. Check those Bibles very carefully. <laughs> hey, Ashley and I were at a at our uh, district pastors conference this week, and so I don't know if you saw. If you follow uh, me on Facebook, I don't even recommend it. But if you do, um, then uh, you, you may have saw that she was uh, blessed to be able to be one of the quick talks at our convention, speaking with over, well, between three and 400 leaders from around our district, from uh, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, who knows where else, uh, just pastors and leaders from all over. It was an awesome time, so thank you for those of you that were praying for us. It was just a, just a really awesome, really powerful conference. And so, uh, but there was one of the speakers uh, who, uh, at the end of his message, he put, up, he put up the N, listen to this carefully, you've heard of the NIV, right, the New International Version of the Bible? Uh, he put up the N-I-B-V, N-I-B as in boy, V, and it was the not in the Bible version. <laughs> and he did it, basically, he put the opposite of what the Bible says. And so Isaiah 71 is the not in the Bible version, uh, for sure. So we are on Isaiah 61. If you're a guest with us today, we welcome you. We are on week number 15 uh, of this series uh, we had introduction week and 14 weeks of going through these verses, and we made it through verse verse 8. And so today we're going to be on verse 9. So I'm going to read again uh, where we've been the last couple of weeks, which is, which is verses 7 through 9. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the Word of God. If you've never read Isaiah 61, I encourage you as you go home to read the whole thing. It's so much good in there. It says in verse 7, Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace... You will rejoice in your your inheritance, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. It's a great promise. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. And verse 9 says, Their descendants, or their offspring, will be known among the nations, and their offspring or descendants, depending on your translation, among the peoples. And those, all who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. And so the last couple of weeks, two weeks ago, we were in verse 7, I believe, and we talked about being free from shame, that Jesus took our shame, and he says, hey, guess what? You get a double portion. Instead of shame, you get what Jesus deserves. So that's a good trade. Uh, God always has us trade up, trade better. And so when God says take the deal, I encourage you to take the deal. Uh, deal or no deal, it's always good to take the deal when it's Jesus showing up with a deal. And so instead of disgrace, you rejoice in your inheritance to release everlasting joy. And then last week we looked at God as being a God of justice. That God is interested ultimately in making all things right. That he will in the end make all things right. So if you've had injustice or you've been given a raw deal in life, guess what? The one to trust is Jesus because in the end he will make all things right and he will make all things new. That's a quick summary. So you can listen to that, those messages online if you so desire at a website or 
however you want to find it, search our names on iTunes or something. So today we're in verse 9, and it's, it's so amazing that we're in this verse today and that we're doing the pray for me luncheon afterwards. Number one, I want to let you know that none of the staff, unless they didn't tell me, had planned this, uh, mostly because I'm preaching through it, so <laughs> they had no choice. But today, uh, yeah, John, John already knew. The Lord spoke to him on the holy mountain, and... Uh, <laughs> He knew the right date. Uh, so, but today it's, it's focusing on your descendants or your offspring and the ones who are coming afterwards. And it's very interesting. You know, one of the focuses at our conference really was saying, how are we going to pass on the goodness of God, our faith to the next generation? Because really it's, it's not meant to just be the point is not for you just to get Jesus and have a great time. Man, I had a good life and then that's it. If there's nothing left behind for the future, that's not all good. It's partly good. It's good if that's, if that's all that God can do. That's great. But what we want to have happen is God is interested in giving promises to people that will bless the generations after them. I mean, it's from the very beginning. It's interesting, this word right here. In the NIV is descendants. If you're reading another translation, it, it probably says offspring. But really, literally, it's the word seed. When you think of someone's seed. And so I want to throw that out to you. You know, when Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, when God came and started making promises to him, he started talking about it's going to be your seed. In other words, it's going to be your children and your children's children and their children afterwards. It's going to be the ones that come from you that are going to, possess the land you're i'm speaking the promise to you not just for you but for those after you and so today as we're even intentionally focusing on the next generation saying hey we're praying for these young ones coming up from cradle to college (laughs) you know we're we're, we want to bless this next generation we want to declare life over them we want to pray over them we want to partner with them we want to we want to be there for them we want to encourage them because we're not just living for our own life we're not interested in just having a great life and fulfilling my dreams and all my dreams come true and at the end the name disney shows up and says hey it was a disney movie your life congratulations (laughs) nothing against disney it's great okay but uh that's not God's intention. It's just for, you know, you to have to roll the credits in your life and that's it. No, it's, it's for the credits of your life to roll. And it's like, then it comes back up. You know, at the end of the movie, after the credits, when they have another scene, it's like, that's how the life in God is. It's like the credits roll on your life after you're dead. And it's like, nope, it's not over yet. <laughs> Guess what? There's more coming afterwards. They poured into the next generation. It doesn't matter if you have your own kids or not. It's not about just your own kids. It's, that's sure important, though. But if you don't have your own kids, you get an opportunity to have your descendants, the offspring, your spiritual children, those who you poured your life into to be a blessing to the next generation to receive the promises of God. We're not even on the notes anymore. So <laughs> why do I even make notes? Um, <laughs> you know, God is always God is almost always. Let me say it that way, just in case I'm. Not quite right. God is almost always declaring promises into the future. I mean, even think about the word promise itself. It's something that's going to happen 
in the future. It's for now. The promises of God are now there. Yes and amen in Jesus Christ. But it's also a promise for that I'm going to keep doing it. Just like it said in that last verse, it said, I will make an everlasting covenant with them. In other words, this, this covenant with God, this relationship with Him is meant to be carried on and passed on to someone else. It's not meant to stop somewhere. Too many times in, in the body of Christ, in the church, we, we let things stop and then the next group has to just figure it all out again, right? You know, too many churches uh, get stuck. We're not one of those ones, thank the Lord. But, you know, we're, we're just stuck in our ways and we stay in our ways all the way to the end of our life. And then that church has only old people in it and then they all die and then that's it. Has nothing against old people if you're old. Most of you don't think you're old. Praise the Lord. Think that till you're dead, okay? Be, act like you're young. Live like you've got, you've got time on your hands. Live like you've got strength. Uh, but, you know, the, the whole point is that there is a, there is a growth, there is an increase, there is a passing on where the next generation doesn't start from ground zero. They can start on the third floor. You know, I was blessed with that in my life. You know, both of my parents came from home, came from homes that were, that were, you know, they were alright. <laughs> My mom's was better than my dad's. <laughs> and they grew up in church and they, you know, they were nice, good church people and all that. But there, there, was no, uh, there was no pursuit of God. But here's the deal. I'd say it, certainly in my mom's case is she got, she started on the first floor because her dad loved God with all of her heart and, and he was a godly man and her mom loved God. I love talking to my grandmother uh, just a summer ago, got to visit her before she, she passed away this past year. Uh, just a Man, you know when God tells you to do something, go ahead and do it. Just just in case somebody dies. So just just do it. So we went and visited that summer because I'm like, we've got to get out there this summer. And sure enough, that December, last December, she went on to heaven. But man, there were things I didn't know about for years. She was involved in this missions group. They had this, this group of ladies that were blessing missionaries and raising funds and doing all this stuff for the missionaries for years and years and years and years. And so there was a spiritual foundation set for my mother where she could start on, we'll just say level one. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. So she starts on level one, but she continues to progress to where, guess what? When I start to walk with Jesus, I'm already on level two or three. So I'm not having to start from the ground up. I'm not having to start and learn everything over. I'm starting from a place of a little more wholeness, a little more healed up, a little more understanding, a little more wisdom, a little more faith, a little more encouragement. And so then I'm at level three. And so my goal is to not just enjoy level three. Look, you understand when we're talking about levels, it's just an illustration, right? Okay. Um, you know, if I'm on level three, it's just, the point is to get what? If you're playing a video game, you don't stop on level three. You want to get to level four. You want to get to level five. You want to get to level six. You want to beat the game, right? What is the last level? Well, I don't know what it is, but keep going. So it says their descendants will be known among the nations. In other words, there's going to be something that happens in the next generation that God, it's going to spread. Things are going to be known among the nations. You know, at the time of Israel, at this time, it was kind of, they were in decline. They were, they were going downhill in Israel and Judah. Isaiah was prophesying during, right before the time and, and probably in the middle of his life when 
the people of God in Israel, the ten tribes, were taken away. And it was very soon after Isaiah died, pretty soon after he died, that the rest of the tribes were taken away too because they were in decline. They were in a time of, of shrinking. They were Their influence was going away. Their connection to God was less. They were turning away from God. They were worshiping other other gods, they were, they had all kinds of junk going on. They had a few bright spots every once in a while, you know, bump up with Josiah, but they were heading downhill. And so this promise comes right in the time, not of a blessing, not of abundance, not when it looks amazing. No, it looks like it's going downhill. And it says right here, their descendants will be known among the nations. It's ridiculous because they were headed towards slavery and bondage. They were headed towards captivity, but the promise of God says, guess what? I'm going to do something so amazing. It doesn't matter where you're headed. Those that come after you are going to be known among the nations. There's going to be something that God does that gives him glory and praise and lets know that, hey, they are a people that God has blessed. I mean, isn't that what we want for our kids and our grandkids and our spiritual children and our spiritual grandchildren? That, that we could, somebody would look at their life and say, man, your life has been blessed. You've been blessed of the Lord. You're a people. The Lord is blessed. You're a person. The Lord is blessed. What parent or grandparent or godly person doesn't have that desire? You know, in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, it's amazing that God begins promising to the seed. He begins promising to the offspring. So let's go there real quick. We'll go there. Genesis 3. We've got a few more minutes before lunch is ready. Anybody feeling like they're ready for lunch? I'm ready for lunch. Okay, so this is right after the fall. We looked at this a couple weeks ago in in the uh, message on verse 7 on shame. And so, you know, the the original humans, Adam and Eve, they turn away from God. They, They disobey Him. All the darkness and sin and sickness and death comes into the world. And it's interesting, right in the middle of all this, you know, God's declaring the ground's going to be cursed. All these bad things are going to happen. But then in verse 15, God throws in a promise. It's amazing that right in the start, even when humans have just made the most royal mess up ever. I mean, let's let's not, you know, we've all done that too, but they did it first. And so uh, they were the first ones. And it says in verse 15, I'll put enmity between you and the woman. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the serpent. In other words, he's talking to Satan or the devil. And between your offspring or your seed and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is called, in Bible college, they call this the Proto-Evangelion. This is the first promise of the good news. Evangel- you hear the word evangelism there? In other words, it's talking about this is the first mention of the good news because even right at the moment when they disobeyed God and, and basically they destroyed his earth that he created they destroyed everything everything that he had planned for uh, God says hey guess what there's going to become someone one of your offspring is going to come and he's going to crush the head of Satan the serpent you will strike his heel in other words Satan's going to give him a wound but it's not going to be a lasting wound that will put him down for forever uh, he will crush your head. That's a crushing blow. In other words, he will be victorious. So even in the first moment, God was saying, guess what? I'm going to bring someone down the line. What You turn over to Genesis 12. It's interesting. I don't know if I've ever noticed this before uh, or thought of it this way. 
In verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's a pretty amazing promise right there that God is saying. So Abram went. You know, that. just a reminder here that... Abram was nobody before. I mean, for us, he's in the Bible. He's like Father Abraham. We have dorky kid songs about him, you know. He had many sons, Father Abraham. You know, all this stuff. He's amazing. You know, people who don't even know God, maybe have even heard the story of Abraham. But before that, I mean, he was just a dude. Minding his own business. And then God called him. And guess what? He obeyed. Just as we were talking about earlier, he obeyed God and said, God said, hey, leave. I want you to leave everything you know. I want you to leave comfort. I want you to leave family. I want you to leave friends. And I'm going to I'm going to show you somewhere to go. I'm not even telling you where I'm going, where you're going. Excuse me. So he leads him out. So Abram was nobody, but he becomes somebody as he follows the Lord. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. That's his nephew. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. You think you've got some fresh things ahead of you? If you, you haven't hit 75 yet, there might be a whole new thing at 75 or 85 or 105. So who knows? He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. And Abram traveled through the land as far as the side of the great tree of Moray at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. So the Lord appeared to Abram and said, guess what? To your offspring, to your seed, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And so even the first promise to Abraham was like, hey, you're not going to get to see it all. It's, it's not just about you. It's about those who are coming after you. You see how God has his has his eye on the on the generations to come. He has his eye on the future. Of course, we know he's without beginning and without end. He's outside of time. You know, time, if time is a bubble and a big, huge clock or whatever, God's outside looking at it saying, oh, yeah, I can go in anytime I want inside that bubble. I can do anything at any moment because I'm outside of time. But he's looking forward to the to the time. Hey, I want, I'm I'm bringing everything together for my purpose. And I need the future generations to know about me. I need them to, to follow me. I need them to have an encounter with me. I need them to be filled with my love. I need them to be in my covenant. I need them to have the, the kingdom of God within their hearts. You know, in Joel chapter 2, you know, uh, it says this, that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on, my, on, what? on your sons and daughters. On all flesh, your sons and daughters will prophesy. In other words, there's gonna, it's not going to be just for you. It's going to be passed on to those, to the, to the children after you. I just want you to know it's all through the Scripture, over and over and over again. And then we go to the New Testament in Romans chapter 4. And it says something interesting. Romans chapter 4. This one is on the screen, I believe. So if you get bored or tired of flipping or punching your phone... It says, verse 16, Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace, and may be guaranteed to what? To all Abraham's offspring. 
not only to those who are of the law, in other words, not to just Jews, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, look, so shall your offspring be. Romans 9, verse 7, says this, uh, Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. That's a quote from Genesis. In other words... Listen to this. It is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as what? Abraham's offspring, Abraham's seed. So here's the deal. All that to show you, guess what? Isaiah 61 and verse 9, who is the offspring he's talking about? The children of God. And who are Abraham's offspring? Anyone who believes in the same faith that Abraham had. You are now the seed of Abraham. And so all the blessings that were declared for, through Abraham and were being declared to Abraham's descendants, who were Abraham's descendants in Isaiah 61, the people of Judah and the people of Israel, the 12 tribes, those people that were living in that moment, he says, guess what? I'm going to make your descendants. Their descendants will be known among the nations. God's going to do something so great that nations are going to hear about it. People who are in places of great influence and authority are going to hear about it. And isn't that the goal? Isn't that the goal? That nations would know the name of Jesus. That nations would know the salvation of Jesus. That people in faraway places would would hear about Him. And the way that happens is we multiply ourselves into the next generation and the next generation. And so I don't know if You've been one of those people who just kind of, it happens in every generation. It's not just whatever the newest one is or the millennials are getting a little old now. They're starting to get older, you know, pushing 30 on some of those millennials. Uh, You know, what is the next generation? Guess what? There's going to be some people that are going to get up and say all this bad stuff about them. There's going to be. Guess what? There's going to be news reports. There's going to be surveys. There's going to be all this stuff that says, guess what? They're all this. They're all that. They they don't do this. They're never going to make it up to that. Man, they were saying that about me, man. Generation X. I was Generation X. I'm in my 40s. If you're in your 40s, Generation X, reunite. Okay. (laughs) A few of us here. (laughs) A few of us. Uh, man, they were saying the same thing, man. You get the loser generation, the, the nothing generation, all this stuff. Hey, you know what we're doing? We're doing just fine. (laughs) You know what? Those of us that got connected to Jesus, we're doing good. 
We're making a difference. We're now passing it on in the next generation. We're having kids and we're telling them about Jesus. We're wanting our kids to go farther. Those of us that don't have kids, we're influencing young people. We're not, we're not just hanging around ourselves and, and living a bless me life. We're saying, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour myself out of my community. I'm going to give something away. I'm going to do something to when I am gone, there is an inheritance left behind that can be passed on from them to somebody else. And I just think it's funny that God had this verse today. Well, we're going to have a lunch and pray for some people in the next generation. Just know that God has a heart. If, you, if you've had a heart, I encourage you, if you've had a wrong heart to those that are younger than you, it's not everybody, it's just some. Repent. Change. Say, Lord, forgive me. Let me begin to see them like you see them. Hey, are there messed up things going on? Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> But they need someone to come alongside and rather than point the finger to say, you know what, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you until I have a voice in your life. I'm not going to try to have a voice in your life first, but I'm going to first love you and then you'll receive my voice uh, because I know that you care about me. Let's let's close. Let's stand. Father, we just thank you for this day. We honor you today, Jesus, for all the the amazing things that have happened in our gathering, our time of celebration, Lord, our time to just celebrate with those who are walking in obedience and in water baptism, Lord, and seeing their lives change forever, Lord. We just thank you for the word of God. We thank you that Isaiah 61 is still relevant today. And so we are thankful for the generations to come, Lord. We choose to bless every generation, God. And Lord, also those of us who are younger, we choose to bless those who are of increased age beyond us. Lord, those who are older than us, God, we want to say, speak to us, give us wisdom. We honor you in the name of Jesus. We honor what you have done and we think it's valuable. It is it is not going to waste. And so we want to see a, a people come together, a church come together, the people of God come together where they can be united as one people, Lord, testifying to the nations that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Savior of the whole earth, that he is one who is bringing all things into the purpose of his plan that he wants to bring a new heavens and a new earth into existence, God, to make all things new. And so we thank you, Lord. Give us eyes to see how we can pour our lives into someone else, Lord, where we can see your promises passed on, Lord, hundreds of years beyond us because of the seeds that we're sowing today into our seed. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that, God. Amen.